Let's pretend it's the end of this whole ugly story. We vanquished the foe and we triumphed in glory. There's nothing but rainbows and blue skies ahead. Hallelujah, amen, it's the end. Welcome to Unsent, the podcast where real people share letters they've written but never sent. Letters that often express raw emotion and help our authors deal with personal struggles. I'm your host, Ari Edwards, and each week I'll be reading unsent letters submitted by listeners just like you. These letters offer a glimpse into the private thoughts and feelings that we all have but may struggle to articulate. And they serve as a reminder that we're not alone in our struggles. We're all a part of this larger community. If we take a moment to just listen and understand each other's emotions, we can offer empathy and support that brings us closer together. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's letters. This is Unsent. I grew up in a place where adults seemed especially angered by my confidence. Life will humble you, they'd shriek if you told them you liked yourself. You'll learn humility, they'd sneer if you told them to stop doing something that disrespected you. By life humbling you, they usually meant their own fists or cold words. As an adult, I've learned that demanding someone act more humble when they show that they love themselves is a garbage take. Demanding someone have no pride is a tactic meant to keep you looking down at your feet, disowning any of your accomplishments so that it's easier for others to walk all over you. When you don't have self-love, you think you deserve to be mistreated. When you're told you're not good enough, you'll buy more things to make up for that lack. When you're told you're less by a lover, you'll do things that disrespect your own values just so you feel like you belong. When you stop standing up for yourself because you were told that speaking up or out meant you were egotistical, and egotistical people got humbled, it's a toxic perspective. It's okay to love yourself. You're not hurting your loved ones by doing so. In fact, I encourage it. You have stronger boundaries and treat yourself better when you love yourself. You stop allowing others in your life who hurt you when you know where you stand with yourself. When people have to compete with your own self-fondness, you never suffer time wasters again. You learn that your time is valuable. You learn that you are valuable. It doesn't matter if you're not valuable to the world, which is often a qualifier toxic people use when they're trying to crush you for your confidence. Who are you to anyone? You are important in your own life. After all, you're the one living it. It's okay if you start prioritizing your self-care over their fear of you having a backbone. Celebrate you. Just as much as you celebrate your friends and loved ones. Do so with unabashed love and confidence. Embrace what you find beautiful about yourself and never allow someone to try to strip that away from you to teach you some moral lesson that you don't really need to learn. And if anyone crawls out of the abyss with some finger-pointing shame because you embrace yourself, Love yourself even more just to spite them. If someone is hurting you, defend yourself. Speak out. Be loud about it. Being quiet about it only makes you easy to handle. 
If something is hurting you, it's normal to have a reaction. What's not normal is being told to suffer it quietly because your pain is inconveniencing others. You get nowhere by looking at your feet and hating yourself. It's okay to be proud of yourself for the small accomplishments. It's okay to look at pieces of yourself that you like and think you're pretty cool sometimes. Ask yourself why anyone who loves you would want you to feel like crap. After all, you hype your friends up, right? You stand up for your loved ones when they're getting picked on, right? When a coworker feels low about themselves, you compliment them, don't you? When a friend gets hurt by a crappy ex, you remind them of their beautiful points to contradict the trash their ex put in their head, right? You do know it's 100% okay to do the same thing for yourself. You're not hurting anyone by celebrating you. Anyone who wants you to believe otherwise is angling for something. Can't say no to them if you think the universe will smite you for doing so, right? Confidence shamers can get lost. You're worth the self-respect. Loving yourself doesn't mean you love your friends less. It just means you love yourself too. You asked me which version of me I like best. To figure that out, and I did take the question seriously, I had to consider who I even am. I am the leftover one. I am not the pretty one. I am not the adorable one. I am the smart one, until I'm not. I am the leftover one. I am the one who talks too much and too loudly. I am the one they call motormouth. I am the one who feels sad a lot even as a child. I am the one who can make herself invisible just by sitting so, so carefully still. I am the one who daydreams, whose realities in those daydreams are just as real as the shared realities. I am the one with snapshots of childhood rather than cohesive memories. And if I'm being honest, I'm the one whose snapshot memories are almost exclusively unpleasant. I am the one who would rather read a book from inside a cardboard box than go out and play. I am the one who knows they don't really care if I come out to play anyway. I am the one few people truly hate, but few people actually want either. I am the one who constantly lives in the middle, like the comfy tennis shoes that feel better than the pretty new ones, but don't yet have the holes of the old. I am the one who desires friends who really want me, but who always end up just being the best option when no other option is available. I am the one who could go missing, and no one would notice until they realized how much they enjoyed the silence for once. I am the one who loves stories, who craves learning to read, and I am the one called bookworm when I do because I'd rather read than go to recess with my classmates. I am the one who is so much more at home with the characters in my books than I have ever been with other humans. I am the leftover one. I am the one who follows the rules, too afraid to break them for fear of what? I am the one who needs approval at all costs. I am the one who secretly knows she must be a disappointment, because I'm the one who is the leftover human. 
I am the one whose father says she has sad eyes, but who knows she always wears a happy mask. I am the one who's never comfortable in her own skin, who smiles to ensure no one else feels her discomfort. I am the one who reads the energy of the room, so I know who to be on that day to keep things smooth. I am the one who is too sensitive and cries too much at too little. I am the one who wants to fit in and be wanted. I am the one who knows the difference between accepted and wanted. I am the one who looks for the real motives in anyone who says they want me. I am the one who doesn't fit. I am the one who never has. I am the one who learns to tell everyone she loves being alone. I am the one for whom that's true, because when I'm alone is the only time I'm not wondering if everyone around me is just being kind. I am the one everyone else comes to when they need support because I'm the only one who is always there. I am also the one who deep down only feels valued when she's needed. I am the one who cries alone, though, because she knows while everyone else has her, she has no one. I am the one who is easy to leave, and that everyone eventually does. I am the one who is very easily forgotten. I am the one that is always a great temporary placeholder until the right one comes along. I am the one who now has so much damage and so many scars, she isn't sure she will ever be healed mentally whole, and truly lovable and loved. I am the one who is sure that she is not. So when you ask me which version of my younger self is best, I am the one who doesn't know. I am the one scrambling for the right answers and wondering which version of me I'm supposed to say. I am the leftover one. To the friend I never had. I wanted so much to meet you in the dorm I never lived in at the college I never attended. We'd start off small, coffee at the local Starbucks, just chatting about life and how everything is so new. Eventually, coffee would turn into nights out and Netflix binges in and attending sports games, rain or shine. We'd build the friendship until you were like a sibling I never had. I'd tell you my secrets and you'd tell me yours. You would be there when I was sad or depressed. You'd hold my hair when I was puking and sick, but at the same time, you'd be laughing when I was drunk, and I'd do the same for you. We'd travel together and stress out over finals together. We'd talk about crushes and bad dates, browse Tinder together, swiping left and right at our leisure. We'd plan exercise routines and attend the gym for two weeks, then lose motivation and decide to hit up a Chipotle or a local donut shop. Eventually, our guilt would hit us and we'd opt for a salad place and convince ourselves that we were eating healthy enough. We'd spend hours adventuring with each other, heading out on midnight runs to Taco Bell or 7-Eleven, or trying on clothes at a thrift shop. We'd travel across the country on spring break and see the Grand Canyon and travel all the way down Route 66 just because we could. We'd cry together and drink together. We'd share countless inside jokes that only we understood. We might even have a secret handshake that started off ironic but eventually became a serious matter. We'd never 
be alone on Valentine's Day or our birthdays. Because even if we couldn't find a guy, we'd still have each other. We'd always have each other. When we got older, we'd be roommates and help each other prep for job interviews. We'd be there for the rejections and the new promotions, the work romances and midlife crises. We'd tell each other the truth if we didn't like a boyfriend or girlfriend. We'd be there for the breakups and engagements, for the cheaters and the loyal days. We'd eventually help each other plan our weddings. We'd be each other's maids of honor and help each other say yes to the dress and plan a wild bachelorette party in Vegas or Miami or some other place. We'd work in the same city or across the country, but we'd visit each other or call so often that it didn't matter. We'd be the first to call about pregnancy or adoption or loss. We'd be there when the tears flow or the epidural wasn't enough. We'd do mommy yoga together. Or not. Because what even is mommy yoga? We'd raise our kids together. Hopefully as neighbors so that they grow up as friends too. We'd attend school functions together and complain about the HOA together as we sip on wine on the front porch or on the couch while the kids are out with our significant others. We'd be there for the divorces and separations, for a second wedding or even the third. We'd be there for the 20th, 50th anniversaries and beyond. There would be nothing we wouldn't do for each other. And in the end, we'd grow old remembering the good times and the bad. Sure, we'd fight and we'd say things we didn't mean, but we'd always make up in the end because we'd be best friends. How I wish I'd met you. How I wonder where we'd be now if I had. Instead, I'm here, writing a letter to the friend I never had, in the life that isn't mine, thinking of all the things I didn't do, regretting what could have been, and hoping that maybe one day I'll meet you and all the things I wanted to do, I can try again. Dearest future husband, I have no idea where you are right now or what you're doing. Maybe you're lurking around and you'll see this someday. I'm sorry it's taking so long for us to meet. I'm going through a really shitty heartbreak right now. But the one thing that's comforting me enough to sleep and continue on is that the universe, God or whoever, would not allow me to settle for someone who did not know how to love me, how to nurture me and take care of me. That there's someone better and more true and pure out there for me. And that person is you. I have so much baggage, trauma, and my mental health isn't in the best shape at times. You'll have to handle my heart with the most tender care because it's very fragile. It's so hard to trust another man again. But I know in time, I'll trust you with all of my heart. I had to know what love was not in order to know what it is. Maybe you're going through a similar situation. Maybe your past partner or your current partner isn't treating you right, isn't cherishing you like you deserve to be. Maybe you're not even thinking of that, and still think the one you're with now is the person you're going to marry. I was in that same place too, and I'm devastated, but I must carry on and search endlessly for you, because you're the love of my life. Enough of the past, though. 
Whether I bump into you at the grocery store, or you see me looking at you at the bar and I'm too shy and scared to approach you, or our animals meet and we have a cliche meet-cute, or we meet up through friends on a blind date, I can't wait for that day, when all of my worries will just erase. Ever since I was a child, I would look at the stars outside my window and wish at 11.11 that I would find you someday and get the privilege and honor of being with you for the rest of my life. Know that once we've met, once I've fallen in love with you, know that I am going to fall hard. I don't do half-assed love. You'll be the only one on my mind, and I will never hesitate to put you before anybody else. I will always make sure you are taken care of, and on the hard days I'll pick up the brunt of the responsibilities. I will never let you go to bed without feeling like you're loved, and you are my number one person. I will want to go on endless amounts of cheesy dates and hope you'll be just excited as I am to explore the world with you and have tons of adventures. I'm going to want to kiss you on the top of a Ferris wheel, have a Twilight movie marathon, and sing One Direction love songs to you while drunk. I'm a romantic at heart, and I will write you love poems beyond belief. And I'll tell you every day how handsome you are, and always make sure you feel sexy and good-looking, even when you don't feel like it. I'll wipe your tears when you're sad, and I'll massage your shoulders when you're stressed. On Christmas, your birthday, Valentine's Day, our anniversaries, you'll never have to go to bed wondering if I even remember, or if I even bothered to get you a gift. I'm an introvert, so if we're at a party or a gathering and you want to be alone, I'll completely understand, and we can sneak off somewhere else. I want you to know that I have flaws, like everyone else. My upbringing, and things that happened in my childhood, and my past relationships are going to make me more sensitive. I'm going to find subtext in everything, because I was raised to find it. Just tell me how you feel honestly. I'm going to flip out over not finding something, and take a big sigh of relief when I finally do find it. I'm going to have days where my shoulders are tense, and I can't stop crying and just want to stay in bed. I want you to know that I promised to seek therapy further, and I promise that I already have, and I've come such a long way. Aside from taking care of myself, I'm doing this for you. I want to be the best version of myself for you, and for your future children, and I'm going to talk about it a lot. I have a dream wedding that I've had since I was 12 years old. I know the songs I want to dance to with you when I finally get the honor of being your bride and wife forever. Through the thick and thin, whether we're rich or poor, sick or healthy, I will love you to the grave with every fiber of my being. I just want you to promise me that you'll provide the same comfort, nurturing, and care for me that I'll provide for you. Promise me you'll hold me and protect me from the nightmares that make me so terrified that I cry. Promise me that you'll tell me everything will be okay and that you're here when I have a flashback. Promise me you won't kick me to the curb when I'm fighting my mental illness with all the strength I've got and still can't find myself to get out of bed. Promise me you'll help carry the load when it's too heavy on my shoulders. There will be hiccups along the road, and you're going to get frustrated with me. Believe me, I get frustrated at me too. Just promise me that it will be fleeting, and you'll always cherish and nurture me and want to take care of me the way I want to take care of you. Promise me you'll always hold my hand in the darkness, 
and never leave me behind to walk alone. Promise me you'll reciprocate the endless love and passion I'll have for you every day. A love and passion that will never wither away or retire. All of these experiences are leading me to you. Because I was born to be your wife and the mother of your children. I will never stop loving you. Even before we've met, I already know you're the most beautiful man I've ever laid eyes on. And my soul will be so comforted to finally have found yours. I will want to talk about our future. And I hope you have the same excitement, endless passion, and childlike wonder, and everlasting love and lust for life that I have. And I can't wait to share it with you for the rest of our lives with endless love, your future wife. June 2nd, 1982. You called. You had to see me. Something was wrong. Three days later, June 5th, you drove almost eight hours to tell me it was over. This was the week we were supposed to begin our lives together. Instead, after nearly three and a half years, all of our, or at least my, hopes and dreams were at an end. When we met, it was love at first sight, then first word, then first smile. Every single day for the next three years, I felt the same. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember if I cried. All I remember all these years later is the pain. The overwhelming, suffocating, crushing pain and helplessness. Looking back, I realize you did the best you could for me under the circumstances, and I've tried to live up to your example when I was the one delivering heartbreaking news. You did it face to face. You stood by me like the best friend that you were and faced the tears, the anger, the pain I directed at you. And you did it with compassion, empathy, and trust, but never wavered from your path. When it was time to force me back out on my own, you did so slowly and tenderly. Within days, I had my first dream that we were still together and the breakup was just a nightmare and you were still by my side. Then I would awaken to reality and the emptiness in my heart and soul. That dream was the first of many. I still have them today, but not as often. In a way, it makes sense because all the time we were together, I kept thinking, this can't be real. I could never be this happy. I could never find someone so wonderful and perfect for me. It must be a dream. Forty years ago, the dream ended and I've never felt that sense of completeness since. You were my perfect lover, my best friend, my voice of reason, my silly joke, my most trusted confidant, the big blue eyes that I could lose myself in forever, the conversation that never got old, the scent that aroused me, and the heartbeat that calmed me, my other and best half. I still have the cards and letters you sent me, once in a while, I read them and remember. I also remember the quiet evenings, the passionate nights and afternoons and mornings, and laughter and the cozy snuggles. Of course, time marches on and so must we. A few years ago, I heard a song on the radio that I always considered the worst one ever written. 
but the host put a new perspective to it, and I heard the words differently, despite the still unfortunate chorus. There will be another song for me, for I will sing it. There will be another dream for me. Someone will bring it. After a dozen years and twice as many relationships, I met a woman who opened my heart again. Unfortunately, her path was elsewhere and we parted as friends. But soon after, I met the next and last love of my life. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary last year. And I will drink the wine while it's warm, and never let you catch me looking at the sun. After all the loves of my life, after all the loves of my life, you'll still be the one. Do I love her? Of course, and I've never regretted a moment. After more than two dozen relationships in between, I should know. Yet, when I travel to where you live on business, I still keep a keen watch on the million-to-one chance. I will take my life into my hands, and I will use it. I will win the worship in their eyes, and I will lose it. I will have the things that I desire, and my passion flow like rivers through the sky. The last 40 years have worked out okay for both of us. In fact, they worked out almost exactly as we'd planned, just not together the way that we'd planned. You got your PhD and worked your magic both in class and in public policy. I had a successful career as a lawyer, court administrator, and now academic. Would we have done all of this together as well? Could we have done better? Tie two birds together. They will not be able to fly even though they have four wings. One should never spend too long contemplating the road not taken. I can't imagine my life without my family. My youngest graduated college June 5th, so now that date has another meaning. All of my children have amazing accomplishments, and they would not be here if you and I had stayed together. I'll always wonder what happened. Our mutual friends told me you met someone that last semester in college. Your father told me that you married, but not for long. I dearly hope that you're as happy as you are accomplished in your field. I would love to send this letter to you instead of sending it into the void, but so it goes. As I stare into the declining years of my life, I will always wish we could have just had one more day together. And after all the loves of my life, oh, after all the loves of my life, I'll be thinking of you and wondering why. It's been almost a year since I found myself cuddled next to your dead body. You came into my life with such perfect timing and exited it way too early. Depressed, still healing from my last puppy who died, you came into my life unexpected. When my aunt showed me that picture of you in the shelter, I melted, yet I announced that if they adopted you, I wanted little to do with it. I didn't want to get attached to another dog. A few days later, you walked through the door and immediately attached to me. After a week's time, everyone could see that you were my dog. And so you were. That was early summer, and by midsummer we were best friends. It was obvious you had been on your own for quite a while. So many things a normal dog experiences. Car rides, swimming, walking through the woods were foreign to you. So we went for long drives. We went swimming and hiking. 
It didn't take long before everyone around me said what a difference you made in me. My shine was back. I was getting out of the house. I smiled. All because of you. People would comment on how deep your eyes were and how beautiful your soul was. We would bark with the windows all the way down to the store, then bark all the way back. You found your nemesis in the windshield wipers while it rained. And I'm not sure you've ever had more fun than when playing in the hose. We spent those last days mostly doing that. Playing in the hose. The day I lost you was like all the rest. We had just come home from a trip to town, barking all the way there and all the way back. You wanted to play ball the moment we got home, but I had work to do. You kept bringing me the ball, and I kept telling you no. I could have done a million things different that day, and you'd still be here. I could have taken you inside, but it was a nice day, and I wanted you to go have fun. I could have worked later and played ball instead, but I was determined to get my work done. I could have chained you up, but you hated that. I could have, and I should have, kept a closer eye on you. You never went down to the road. Not once had you even shown interest in the road. And I had just seen you laying by the garage only a minute before. What made you go down there? I heard the banging of the car hit your body, and I knew. I looked to where I had just seen you, and you weren't there. And I knew. I called your name, and you didn't come running. And I knew. I ran down the driveway as time slowed down. The driveway grew longer and longer as I ran. Eventually, I noticed your black body laying lifeless in front of that car. I yelled your name, but there was nothing. And I knew. The couple driving the car began explaining themselves as I laid down next to you. They may as well have been in another world. All I heard was a distant rambling of voices that I couldn't make out. I laid there next to you, crying. Your beautiful little head was missing skin and hair, and I could see the bone. Your neck was twisted unnaturally. Then suddenly you lifted your head and looked right at me, terror in your eyes, confusion on your face. And as quickly as you raised it, your head fell and hit the cement, and you were gone. While cars drove by and people gawked, I laid next to you. Then, in the middle of everyone's attempt to console me, I picked you up to carry you home. I felt your broken back as I lifted you, and I carried you up that long driveway back to your home. I'm so sorry. I wanted to give you the love that you never had. I wanted the rest of your life to make up for all the years prior. I wanted you to experience all the good things that dogs should experience in a lifetime. Hell, the night before was the first time I'd seen you play with someone's hand. I miss you hogging the bed. I miss you sleeping under the covers. I miss your bark when you're happy and when you're mad. I miss your farts and the hour it took to find a perfect place to poop. I miss the hose, the ball, and the way you bounced when you were excited. I didn't get to know you long, but you changed my life in the short time I did. I hope like hell that I did the same for you. I'm sorry our time was cut short. I hope to see you again one day, maybe in another life. 
You were a good puppy, a good friend. I love you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsent. I hope these messages and stories have provided a sense of connection and understanding. If you have an unsent letter or message of your own that you'd like to share with our community, please send it to unsentpod at gmail.com. Your story may just be the one to help someone else. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. This is Unsent. I'm sure we'll all live happily ever after Surrounded by butterflies, children, and laughter It's a fairy tale story, so let's just pretend Hallelujah, amen, it's the end Happily ever